Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block Ripping up fantasy stock Working around the clock Look at the view from the top Researching rookies a lot No, I just be listening to pods Yeah, one in particular I'm just a messenger Let me just pass on the rock Browning, brunning, bruning Pronouncing ain't what he's doing What he's doing is not losing But infusing you with new things And there's Dennis the Bennett Yeah the man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, cultured in pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare them at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Whoa. Fantasy round what is going on everybody welcome to another episode of the fantasy football roundtable podcast it is friday april fool's day april 1st and we are proud to be a part of the pigskin podcast network you can find them at pigskin podnet on twitter or you can search the hashtag tppn as we go live and all the others do to check out all of the other great podcasts that are part of this network um i have mostly been offline today off twitter because everybody was falling for the stuff already this morning uh, but gentlemen, how has your April Fool's Day been? Have you guys got caught up in anything? Like, I believe it was Raph Report got caught in one this morning. Uh, any, any fake news get you today, or has today been a good day for you guys? No fake news has got me. Uh, I have been fortunate, but I also I have a best ball draft. I've got a startup draft, and I have this mock draft going on as well as my regular work day and managing my two kids and being managed by my wife so i have had uh uh quite uh quite sparse uh time to peruse the news that was a terrible sentence I saw a couple of things this morning. I always forget it's April Fool's Day until you see some dumb stuff pop up. But fortunately for me, um, I've I think I've watched four movies today because there was a ton of stuff I had to screen. So that kept me away. I've been pounding away on articles. Um, I'm like you. I was like, as soon as I started to realize, I thought your wife's name was Lindsay. 
<laughs> that's why we get the adult content. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh dear. She's been gone almost all day, which is probably why I've been able to be down in the office writing about fantasy football, drafting, and watching whatever I wanted. Yeah, it has been um, an interesting. I saw the David and Joking one. Like I said, that was the only one that I, once I saw that and everybody, I was just like, yeah, no, I'm done. I'm done for today. I got back on to watch, although it was watching because uh, I am a big, big soccer fan. I saw some crazy guy talking about Sam Heward winning a, I mean, oh, I did Shots post fired. that. That was very, that was very, very early this morning, Mr. Coleman, when I'd, I imagine nobody else is really up. And Sam Heward is going to win that job. Uh, I watched the uh, the World Cup draw because I'm a massive soccer fan. That's really going to make. Did this, the U.S. This, make it? They did. They're in uh, mm-hmm. a decent group. They're with it. England, Iran, and the the playoff winner, which is either going to be Wales. I don't remember who else, but I feel like Wales is probably going to win that. So that's who I'm assuming is going to be in there. But that's really going to test my marriage this year because it's going to be going on during the NFL and college football season. And I think it starts – no, I think it'll start after the World Series is over. So – it's going to test. It's really going to test my marriage because that is uh, something I, I am engrossed in the world cup. It's, it's one of my favorite things in the world. So I will be excited about that. So for today's show, if you guys did not read the headline, we are going to be doing a mock draft. Oh, we are actually currently doing it, have been doing it most of the day. Before we get to that and talk to you guys uh, about that, we want to bring up a couple things. Today is the last day for you guys to get in on being grandfathered for either the rest of your life or till the day you choose to cancel with CampusToCanton.com. If you guys do the walk-on membership, which is $29.99 a year, you will get grandfathered into Tier 2, which is $49.99 a year. Um, it gives you everything you have access to now, plus two guides, which is you can either choose the freshman guide, Debbie guide, or we've also announced the CFF guide. All the tools are available to you. And there's even a new tool that is currently being developed that will be released, I believe in the next week or so uh, that we have not even announced yet that you also have um, be a part of as well. So jump in on that. If you guys have any, uh, if you want to, now is the time to do it. Cause again, you'll get a literally $20 savings for the rest of your life. And, and we've even discussed allowing you to pass that on to your kids if you so choose. So we will, um, we're, you know, we're just here to help you. And that's, that's our whole goal there. So if you guys are inclined to do so, please do as uh, it is a great deal for you guys. Let's jump in and talk a little NFL news. And then we'll br- bring the mock up here and kind of discuss what was going on. Matt, Big news yesterday, kind of surprising. Bruce Arians retiring, stepping down, giving the job to Todd Bowles, which was interesting because I know that those two have known each other. I believe it's been for like two or three decades, something like that. But I think if anybody would have put money on it, they would have thought that he would hand the job over to Byron Leftwich, who everybody thought was going to get a head coaching job this year, but he did not. What are your thoughts on Arian stepping away and Bowles being the new head coach of the Bucks? Yeah, it was kind of interesting the the timing of it all. Um, I guess it sort of made sense when he said he's been thinking about it for a while, but he was hesitant to do it after Brady retired because he didn't want to hand over a, a crappy situation to Bowles. There has been a lot of 
speculation about what maybe Brady and Arian's relationship is. He came out, I noticed today and said, everything's all good. And that had nothing to do with it. And Brady had a very nice post, um, you know, about Bruce Arians. He's not really going anywhere. He's going to help work in their front office. I know he's dealt with some health issues. He tore his, didn't he rupture his Achilles last year too? He still hasn't gotten that fixed. Yeah, he, he was running around on the sideline too with that bad boy. Like he was, yeah. he was all in. I mean, I think they still have a good team. You still have continuity with Leftwich and um, you know Bowles still being there. Kind of a lot of the staff that were there. I didn't think Todd Bowles was a terrible head coach for the Jets. I think the two years we actually saw with Adam Gase after that maybe showed that Bowles was better than he probably got credit for and didn't have a great uh, a great team to work with. It seemed like they were often dumping a lot of his players too. So I'll be curious to see how he does. I think Tampa Bay has still got to be one of the favorites in the NFC just by virtue of them having a really strong veteran roster still intact when there's been a lot of fluctuation. Yeah. You know, for me, I, I kind of buy into the whole story of, well, I didn't want – with Brady retiring, I didn't want to leave a bad situation to somebody else. And, and I could see where that might – sully your reputation like a dynasty manager that trades his next two years first and sells off all of his parts dirt cheap and then leaves a league and now you got a shit orphan that you can't get filled because it's in such terrible shape so i i get that i can relate as a fantasy manager and a fantasy commissioner i, I totally relate uh it was nice that they talked about you know that they had been talking that brady knew about it it was something that had been talked about that they 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 weren't trying to play each other him and Brady I think Brady retired um he was having a John Elway moment and I'm going to go out on as close to the top as I can I've got a great life my family I need to spend more time um and then he just didn't like being at home I guess <laughs> no Giselle's kind of, hey, do this, do that. He he didn't like being the boss. So he thought he'd go back to work. Um, I think Bowles will do fine. I, I kind of get, you know, this is going to be an opportunity for Leftwich to step out from under somebody's shadow. Because, yeah, he was the OC, and Arians admittedly gave him a lot of responsibility. Well, now there's no Bowles is a defensive guy. There's nobody kind of to step on his toes or to really overrule him, uh, I guess, on in the offensive side of the ball. So if they come, well, there's Brady, I suppose, as I talk through this. Um, so I think going forward, it'll be a good opportunity for Leftwich to enhance his resume. I don't think he'll be there in 2023. I think Leftwich will be a head coach somewhere. Um, I don't dislike the move. Um, I think Arians brings a lot. I think Arians is one of these guys. I think I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised to see him uh, at the NFL level as the you know head of diversity for the NFL. Yeah, I will say that I did think that was was kind of cool the way he handled the situation. I still, and maybe it's just poor timing, but part of me does think that it may have something to do with all the rumors. We just heard too many rumors. There was too much smoke 
last year about Brady and Arians not getting along. Uh, and then this comes like after Brady is already coming back that Arians decides he wants to step down. And I know he said it was due to health issues. So I'm going to believe him, but I just feel like every time a coach steps away for some reason, they don't want to, it's always health issues. So I, I'm very interested to see what that looks like. I mean, I did not think Todd Bowles was a bad coach. Uh, there were some times that the Jets were decent. And again, I think it was just, it's because the Jets who much like the Browns are kind of just a dysfunctional franchise most of the time. Uh, so I don't know how much I want to put that on him. I'm intrigued to see where he goes with this. Cause I do agree with what Matt said that they're probably one of the favorites in the NFC. It's a much weaker um, conference in my opinion right now. And the NFC South, like outside of the, the Bucks, who I think are likely the easy runaway favorites of the division. All it takes is you getting into the playoffs and have a shot at a Super Bowl. So very intrigued to see what happens with this team moving forward as they've got a lot of really good pieces. Speaking of good pieces, Bobby Wagner signs with the Rams, Dennis. I mean, they are just loading up for another run. How much does this help that defense and this team overall to repeat as Super Bowl champions? Well, I think that Wagner is, he's still at the top of his game. He's a really good linebacker. Uh, he's going to step right in and it won't surprise me if he's wearing the green dot heading into the year. He's a smart player. He knows what everybody is supposed to be doing on the defense. And while the defense may be a little bit different than he's played in, I guess, specifically, you know, it's see ball, hit ball, kind of Chris, Chris Spielman mentality when you're a linebacker. And Wagner is one of the best in the game. I, I think right now the Rams, I, I, I would probably have them as the favorite to go back to the Super Bowl in the NFC right now. And then watch him sign Stephon Gilmore. Yeah, I mean, it is probably a case of the rich get richer. The Rams defending Super Bowl champions. Um you know, they lost a, a couple of pieces, but here they are. They bring in Allen Robinson on offense. Now they bring in Bobby Wagner. And with Wagner, they have basically, you know, if you were thinking three levels, uh, you know, on your defense, they have an elite piece now at all three levels. You still have Aaron Donald up front on the defensive line. You have Bobby Wagner back there anchoring your linebacking core. And you still have Jalen Ramsey in the secondary, along with a lot of other good players. So I, you know, I think they're loading up in the NFC. It feels like at the current moment that the Rams and the Bucks have kind of put themselves in a tier by themselves. Yeah, I would definitely say the Rams are are the favorites. They they didn't really lose anything, and they were able to bring all that back. Um, we'll see. I mean, that defense was really good last year, and then just adding a guy like Bobby Wagner just helps solidify everything. So it, it's going to be really a, a good move, I think, for the Rams to continue their run of not giving a damn about those picks. Matt, Andy Dalton signs with the Saints, and your guy Taysom Hill is officially moving toward tight end. Yeah, I, you know, I think Andy Dalton uh, signing kind of closes the book on uh, two quarterbacks there probably. Uh, you know, Hill going to move to tight end will probably still do some of his gadget things, but I think that's an indication that with Sean Payton no longer there, 
uh, they aren't really entertaining the idea of paying him $95 million to be their quarterback, which is what he could have escalated up to if he was their starter. Probably gives Winston a little bit more uh, security um, because Andy Dalton's a quality backup, but probably not going to push uh, Winston, who's already talked about looking forward to going into an offseason as the installed starter somewhere. And it probably is an indication that um, Ian Book is another one that uh, was a Sean Payton project that uh, they're happy to let go because they got Jameis, they have a quality backup. I think that pretty much tells you where the Saints are at the quarterback position. You're muted. Taysom and Ian Book will just be able to join Payton in Dallas next year and, you know, get the band back together. Um, I, you know, they paid Jameis starters money. And they gave him a two-year contract. He's essentially playing for an extension as of right now. I, I think he's gonna. Jameis is gonna need to come out and, uh, you know, not turn the ball over. If he can keep the interceptions under twenty and the touchdowns over thirty, I think Jameis will work on getting an extension. I agree with you. Andy Dalton is a quality backup at this point of his career. Uh, some would say he was a quality backup for his whole career, um, but he's gonna. If something happens to Jameis and Jameis is gonna be out for a few games, there's there's a a trust factor with Andy Dalton, uh, and hopefully, uh, I I want to see Jameis bounce back. I felt like he got the shaft when he left Tampa um, for whatever reason. He was trying to do too much that last year there. Uh, and it led to the 33-30 uh, touchdown to interception season. Uh, but I, I like Andy Dalton. You know, I don't think, honestly, I don't think Hill's going to be the starter at tight end any more than he was going to be the starter at quarterback. I, I just don't think he's got the size for tight end. But he's going to be an H back, and he's going to be a weapon. He'll probably throw 15 passes this year, um, and he'll he'll do some stuff probably around the goal line. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if he scored six or eight touchdowns, to be honest. Um, but I think the uh, Taysom Hill era is summarily ending in New Orleans. Yeah, um, I think that'd make Matt really happy if at least Taysom Hill ended up with Peyton in Dallas there in a year. I mean, as, as a secret uh, fan of the Dallas Cowboys and you get your favorite player over there, it's a, you know, that's a dream come true right yeah, there, I think. But I, I do have a dynasty name named Dak to the Future, so... There um, you go. I, I would not be okay with them displacing Dak Prescott. Oh, they won't displace Dak. Only, only like every fifth play, the the most of the time Dak will be out there though. Yeah, I, I think it's well, a. If Justin a good is a move. jerk. Is watching. You're on the clock. Oh yeah, I know. We're about to change that time too here. Uh, before we jump in to that, there is one other thing uh, I want to bring up. Not major breaking news, but at least I'm going to listen. Next week, Baker Mayfield is going to be appearing on the podcast, You Never Know. I think that's what it's called. You Never Know, You Know What I Mean is the name of the podcast. Uh, The first appearance he's had since requesting a trade. Just throwing that out there. Uh, The last person to do that from the Browns was uh, Johnny Manziel right before he was released. So, interesting times (laughs) for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, But I'll be listening. I'm I will. I will definitely listen to to that podcast. Thought I'd throw that out there, Dennis. We've got the final four this weekend. What is one way people can win some money? 
College basketball fans, join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own win. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still join the college hoops action with DraftKings Pools. Everyone can play free pools all March long for a shot, well, into April now, uh, for a shot at a share of over $250,000 in prizes. Simply join the pool and answer questions like, who will make it to the next round? Who will hit the most three-pointers? Then track your results. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 and older. Restrictions apply. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537. In Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Wyoming. 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and New Hampshire, 888-789-7777, or visit http colon backslash ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-877-770-STOP. That's 1-877-770-7867 in Louisiana, 877-8-HOPE-NY in New York, Text HOPE NY 467-369 in New York. Visit opgr.org in Oregon. Call or text the Tennessee Red Line 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. 21 or older, 18 or older in New Hampshire and Wyoming. Physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Michigan, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See HTTP colon backslash backslash DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. All right. So, Dennis, you were on the clock now, and you have three minutes to pick. So just just a heads up. Sweet. It still uh, says 57 on my dealio. Uh, mine says three minutes and eight seconds because I switched it to five minutes now as we are progressing through okay. this mock. I'm going to throw us up here on the screen. Of course, now it says it's loading. There we go. So here is uh, the draft here. Matt, you were in the one spot. We got to grab our spots here. I purposely took the back end as I wanted to kind of see how fell, uh, how things fell. Before we go into talking about like what happened with our team, Matt, did you have a specific strategy coming into this? Was it something you wanted to test, or did you just kind of know you were going Jonathan Taylor with the number one pick overall? I was pretty set. I was going to take Jonathan Taylor. I would have. I I almost took Josh Allen, which is who. Uh, Dennis took right after me. I thought about taking a quarterback, but it feels like running back is one of the shallowest most difficult positions um and i didn't i at the time you know when you're drafting with folks you uh, are not that familiar with god damn you dennis ridiculous <laughs> when you're drafting with people that 
uh, you're not as familiar with. I didn't know exactly how it was going to go. A lot of the startups that you do, you see a lot of running backs go in the first round, and I wasn't sure what would circle back to me. So that's kind of why I went with Jonathan Taylor. Dennis, were you thrilled to get Josh Allen there too? Well, I took the two spot because I was pretty sure then I'd, I'd, my, I I knew my choice wow. would be between Allen and uh, jo- uh, Jonathan Taylor. Um, I, I agree with Matt. If I'd have been at the 101, I'd have taken Taylor there too. Uh, he's a difference maker. And as, what I'm looking for early in the draft is to not miss. Uh, and, and I think Jonathan Taylor, Josh Allen, um, they they offer that don't miss. I like. Uh, I, I was surprised to see Jamar Chase go number three. Uh, I really felt like it it it, it might have been a few picks earlier than I I expected. Um, and then I just noticed uh, as we were logging in here uh, that it's a three running back draft plus three flexes. Um, and so here in the, uh, what round are we in the seventh? I'm going to go back, uh, because I want to stock up my running backs. I've got my two quarterbacks. I've got two wide receivers. Uh, and I'm going to draft Michael Carter as my third running back in the seventh round. Oh, I thought I was going to get another wow there because sleeper didn't like the pick, but, uh, apparently they like that better than Sutton. I just knew I, I didn't, I knew I wouldn't get Sutton in the seventh if I didn't take him in the sixth with Matt picking there right after me. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, it is super flex. And the way that these settings are set up is three running backs, three wide receivers and two flex. That is the entire lineup right there. So you do have to, um, you know, as Dennis mentioned, no, obviously anybody who's doing something like this, know your draft settings going into it. So Dennis mentioned Jamar chase was the third pick. I agree. Like I don't have an issue with that pick. I'd probably still take Patrick Mahomes over him just because in a super flex league like this, I want to get at least a good quarterback within the first couple rounds here because they will eventually fly off the board fast. Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow go as the next two picks. And then Justin Jefferson, Herbert, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, and Deshaun Watson. So we saw a huge run on quarterbacks there. I was the 11th pick. I took Deshaun Watson and kind of my my strategy on this, and it's working for me for the most part. Like I, I do like my team. I don't know how much further we'll get in to to how deep our teams are going to look at some point. Maybe we can revisit this again next week. Is uh, the reason we're not doing this on a Monday is because we will have Eric Moody from ESPN with us on this Monday. So he, I'm sure, is not interested at all in doing a mock draft with us. So we're going to talk all kinds of other more important things. So we decided to do that here today. For me, the way that I've kind of been approaching mocks and I've liked the way that my teams have shaped up is trying to grab two quarterbacks within the first three rounds for latest. And the reason for that is, and we're seeing it happen in this draft now. Now, most drafts, you're not going to start three running backs unless one of them is a flex. Most of them is two running backs, two, maybe three wide receivers is there's still a lot of really good running back value on the board. Now, Zeke maybe only has one year, and he may only be like a high-end RB3, low-end RB2. But we still have Aaron Jones is still on the board. Let me pull my running backs up here. I mean, you've got Aaron Jones is still on the board. Isaiah Spiller, based on whatever you think about him. A.J. Dillon, 
Leonard Fournette, who's going to be the starter in Tampa Bay, where we've already had their head coach come out and say, we're going to be running the ball more. James Conner, who had a top season last year as well and just re-signed with Arizona. There's a lot of running backs that you can get late that I was just kind of like, I want to get one that I can anchor my team around. That's why I took DeAndre Swift in the second round. And then I'm attacking wide receivers and quarterbacks later. Now, you guys will see Kenneth Walker on my board here at five. I was auto-picked. I was doing stuff with my – I was out eating with my kids and – uh did not realize I was on the clock. I would have taken a wide receiver there. I did get Keenan Allen in the, in the turnaround. I, I just like building that way. I, you know, I, I'm go okay getting that one young running back and then grabbing a bunch of aging guys because I can replace them in the coming drafts because there are some good running backs coming in the future that I don't want to just load up on those guys. Where like, if you look at a the third team here, which is Dustin, I don't, I don't, get his, I don't see his full name here, but. Um, what Dustin is, is a jerk. Dustin is a jerk. He's only got one quarterback now. And in a super flex league, like the quarterbacks left on the board, you're going to be hoping and praying for the most part on a rookie. The only other one that like might be serviceable is obviously Kirk cousins, but we don't know how much longer he's going to be a starter outside of this year. Matt Stafford's going to be good, but then he's built around Jamar Chase, Garrett Wilson, and now Amon Ross St. Brown, which I don't mind the Amon Ross St. Brown pick, but I, I'm very intrigued with, you know, again, not taking a quarterback early where everybody else did except for Paddy 10, who took Mac Jones in the fourth round and is yet to take a second quarterback. Like, that's the one thing I don't... Check, check out Pellegrino's team at the 12th spot. Oh, I didn't even realize they don't no have one either. Yeah, so they're – I mean, again, they're rocking tight end premium, so he's got George Kittle and Kyle Pitts. I assume he's going to play one of those in the flex. That's definitely an interesting strategy. You're going to get some good points, especially from both those guys if, if they – you know, if Kittle can stay healthy. Matt, you got – you you doubled up on quarterback in that second and third round. You took Garrett Wilson in two uh, – Garrett Wilson, I'm sorry, Russell Wilson in two. And now Will, Russell, obviously, great pick, likely at worst a top ten quarterback. Tua, though, are you obviously are you excited about what's happened for him the past couple of weeks? Are you still a little bit worried? You know, there I know I will just say it. There are people like me who don't think Tua is going to be the long term starter for the Dolphins. Is that why you backed up him then with Derek Carr in the seventh round? Well, like, what was kind of your strategy when it came to the quarterbacks? Yeah, I like to have coverage um, in Superflex because. <clears throat> You have you end up with issues, matchups, problems, injuries uh, with quarterbacks. Um, but I I like the what they've surrounded Tua with, and um, I like what we have seen the last couple of years. I think new coach is going to be good for him. So I thought it was worth taking a chance. I actually have moved him up uh, in in my rankings where. I think it's today that they updated our campus to Canton rankings. If you look at mine, I actually have, I put two up at 12 um, and I have Carr at 11. So, and I have Russell Wilson, I think at either eight or nine. So for me, I have three guys now who I have hopes of being in the top 12, which I think puts me in a, in a good position. I thought it was pretty great value where Dalvin Cook ended up falling um, too. I know some people have questions about whether He's got a lot of years left, but with him and Taylor, I felt like I have two, three down guys. Both guys have shown being involved in the passing game as well. They could give me some good scoring. Um, 
and you know, hopefully Carson Wentz is good for Terry McLaurin, who I got. Um, Amari Cooper is pretty much the premier wide receiver for Cleveland, who has Deshaun Watson now for however many games he's allowed to play. Um, so I thought that was worth worth a shot uh, where we're at. I would have taken Sutton though. I have I, Sutton is the one that I moved up higher of the Denver wide receivers. Um, so, oops, something's about to time out. Uh, but I am pretty happy with how it's going so far. I actually have a startup, <clears throat> Superflex startup for me that starts on Monday where I'm 101. That's why I put myself there because I figured it would be good practice. Yeah, I was really looking at taking Russ there at the 302. Um, if he hadn't went there to you at uh, 212, I was going to grab him. And I wrestled with the Dalvin Cook versus J.K. Dobbins. I know Dobbins hasn't proven anything yet because he had an okay rookie season, then he was injured all last year. Um, but in the end, I, I went youth. Uh, my thought was it's running backs. Um, I'm only going to get two, three years out of them anyways. I might as well go for the upside and, and the youth. And that was really what led to me taking Michael Carter uh, here in the seventh. Uh, the other, the other Russell, the the other thing I struggled with was I really wanted to take Garrett Wilson, but because I hadn't taken a wide receiver yet, I just couldn't justify taking Garrett Wilson as my wide receiver one. And it seems that regardless of who's playing quarterback for Carolina. Um, DJ Moore's putting up 75 catches in 1100 yards. And so that was where I went with my uh, wide receiver one. And like you, Matt, I, I think Sutton is the one that's going to, I don't think Judy's going to have a bad year. I just think Sutton's going to have a better year. Yeah. Uh, that would have been a great pairing. It was something, um, you know, I knew it when I made it, but I also didn't know it. I was going to take Devonte Adams anyways, but when I got him on that, um, what is that? The four or five turn, I was really excited. It's like, I, I love pairing a, a quarterback and a wide receiver together. And I was like, oh, that a Rob, a Rob Devonte Adams stacks beautiful. And then I realized, oh yeah, never mind. That's not happening. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, uh, definitely grab somebody here. Eventually we'll can't get him you, you can still, you know, I think round seven is a perfect time to take Alan Lazard. I've thought about it. I've thought make, about it, but yeah, that. so let's, um, while this draft is going on, let's, let's just kind of move through here. We talked a little bit about our teams and, and how we're kind of building them. Let's, let's hit some of these and talk about just kind of some values and everything. And, and the one that again, stands out to me, and maybe it's just because I'd like or prefer to get a quarterback in the first round is Justin Jefferson there in the, I believe that's the sixth spot. Right, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, okay, six spot. I feel like that's too early for Jefferson. I know that he's in the discussion for wide receiver one overall. I think it's really between three guys, and it was the those were actually not even the first three wide receivers off the board. And Jamar Chase. Wait a minute, AJ Brown. Okay. Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, and in my opinion, Devontae Adams are the only wide receivers I would have in discussion for wide receiver one overall. Is it too early taking Jefferson in the first, Matt, or is that something you'd be willing to do? 
Well, again, wide receiver feels like there's more scoring options. I get what you're saying about being um, up there, but given the format that it's, uh, I didn't realize, I guess I didn't notice until you guys mentioned it was three running backs, but running back to me is one of the toughest positions. Quarterback in Superflex is always a premium, and then having tight end premium probably puts those elite tight ends at a higher value point. I was somewhat surprised where receivers started going. But if you have a guy that you love that you want to get uh, at the same token, you know, at 106, if he doesn't take Jefferson, he may well not get him coming back around. I mean, he he probably doesn't, but I would assume he still gets CeeDee Lamb, who I'm fine with being my one for the most part. Like, it's just interesting to me. Like, I think I'd rather, I'm not even think, I know I'd rather have Justin Jeff, Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, or Deshaun Watson. Because you get one of those guys and you pair him with a Lamb, or even if he still gets waddled there in the third round, like, I'm more than no. fine with that build compared to now you've got three wide receivers and now you're counting on Mac Jones to carry you at the quarterback position, which I just don't, I love Mac Jones. I had him as my QB four. I said, he's going to be a lot better than people give him credit for the biggest thing was super flex. I think at least in my opinion, you guys can tell me if you, if you disagree with this part of it in a super flex league, you've got to have at least one QB one to win the league. You're not going to win the league with two QB twos. Even if your team is, st- is an absolute gr- amazing team. And, I don't know that Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb, Jaden Waddle, uh, Alvin Kamara, and Aaron Jones get that done for you. Like, I, I think you'd have to have better. The wide receivers are great, but Kamara and Aaron Austin jo- Aaron Jones, I don't know that those two guys are going to be enough for you to make up the lack in production you're now going to get from the quarterback position. Yeah, he's, I mean, I get Jefferson there. Jefferson's averaging close to 1,500 yards a season. He He's, uh, you can't. It, it's personal preference when you say Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams. You know, there's no losers in that argument. So I, I see that. C.D. Lamb, I, I'd probably, I, I think I'm okay there. But I think at Waddle, there you have to take a look and see. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is probably would have been, based on the, the way the rest of the draft fell, I would, I, I would have felt like I had to take Aaron Rodgers. Uh, at the 3-0, what is it, 3-0-6, um, instead of Jalen Waddle, Because uh, like you said, man, there, there, you just aren't going to get enough production from those other key positions to be able to uh, overcome your weak quarterback play. You know, maybe he's looking at it and saying, you know what, I'll be able to move one of these guys. I can, I can stock up with a couple mediocre wide receivers later that I can use in spots um, and I can then move Lamb or move Waddle to get a premium quarterback. So maybe that's the, the thinking. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. It's It was obviously a strategy, maybe trying to um, gamble a little bit. He, he definitely developed a solid receiving core, but with three start running back starting tight end premium and super flex. That is arguably the position you, you could wait the longest on. So yeah, that, that's Waller, just kind of good. I would say Darren Waller fell all the way to tight end six. Do you think that that's 
what we the type of season we can expect. I mean, we've come to expect, you know, a tight end two, three, four kind of season out of him. But with Adams coming there, is it going to hurt him that much to that he's going to drop all the way to tight end six or maybe lower? I have him as my tight end six. He's right where right he went right where you thought he would. Yeah, but yeah. actually. Yeah, I don't, I don't have an, like, looking at it, it sounds weird when you say it, right? Like, like Darren Waller at tight end six, but then I look at it, I probably still have rather, I'd, I'd rather have Pitts, Andrews, Kelsey for sure over him, actually, and Kittle. So then the argument comes down to Hawkinson or Waller, and I, I kind of believe in Hawkinson just a little bit more. I'll be honest, I believe more in the tight end. I just took him, Pat Fryermuth over Darren Waller, just with the way that, that Mitch Trubisky might check down to him and the way that I think he'll be a consistent part of that offense. So, I don't know that it's even going to be. I think Waller's the one who's hurt the most. I don't think it's going to be Hunter Renfro. There's no way they target that dude. I'm joking, obviously, a thousand times a season with how good he's been. And then bring over Devontae Adams and say, hey, we're not going to throw to Hunter Renfro. They're going to throw to those two. So I definitely think Waller's the one who's hurt the most by that. Uh, I don't think it's a bad pick. I think it's a fairly good value getting him there in the, the was that the seventh round? So, I, I mean, I like that value for him, but I think that's a fair spot for him to go is right around tight end six. All right, so one of the um, the teams I'm actually really liking right now is Lupin here. Justin Herbert, Christian McCaffrey, DK Metcalf, Travis Kelsey, Saquon Barkley. I don't know who that is. Jay Williams. Jameson, the wide it's Williams. Jameson Williams. Oh, okay. Jameson Williams and then Kirk Cousins. Like, I like the quarterback stack there, and he got a great value in Kirk Cousins coming off the board in the seventh round, who again has consistently been, at worst, a top 14 quarterback. So he's got two guys. He's got a Justin Herbert who's likely going to finish top three. Then he gets a good second quarterback. If Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley can stay healthy, I think it's fair to stay both those guys at least in the top 12. Do you guys agree with that? Yeah, if they can stay healthy. Um, I, I well, Honestly, yeah. I... I would probably put my money on Barkley being healthier this year. Um, and yeah. it's mostly because he's, you know, two inches taller and 20 pounds heavier. Uh, I, I just feel like it's, it, if one of them is going to stay healthy all year, I think it's Barkley. Now, the caveat to that is if McCaffrey's healthy, he's the best producing running back for fantasy in the NFL. And so I get taking that shot. I mean, it's, it's worth the risk. I don't know if it's worth the risk to stack him and Barkley together, but in the fifth round for Barkley, I, you know, it's, it's a, it's a high risk, high reward team for sure. I'm not as sold on on Barkley. I don't have him in my top 12 anymore. Um, the line and efficiency hasn't been great. He still has either Daniel Jones or Tyrod Taylor. And let's not forget, Brian Dayball's system hasn't exactly yielded impressive rushing figures. Um, and I think that's something that people haven't talked about. Now it's fair he didn't have a running back in Buffalo. Uh, at Saquon Barkley's level, but the Giants offense needs a whole lot of work. And I'm not convinced that 
he's in for a big season if he gets traded somewhere, which they've looked at trading him, maybe he gets a better opportunity. But I'm still also not convinced that the Giants are exceptional this year. I like Brian Dable's hire. I think that'll end up being good for them, but I think it could take a couple of years to get there to reform that team. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think Barkley's going to be fine. Um, that last year, that or the day, I think the year that Dable had Frank Gore and Singletary, I feel like they ran it a decent amount. Now, granted, Josh Allen wasn't what Josh Allen is now, so maybe that does hurt him. But I also think it's fair to say Daniel Jones isn't Josh Allen, so I wouldn't be surprised if they lean a little bit more on there. You're definitely hoping a little bit. Like, if I'm being honest, and maybe it's just a little bit of the Browns' homerism in me, I'm taking Chubb there. Even though, like, Barkley, I think overall is probably the better player. I think the consistency you know you're getting from Nick Chubb, I would go with him because you have McCaffrey. Like, I would have probably paired him with a safer option in Nick Chubb. And that's honestly who I was hoping was going to fall to me, and then he he went a couple picks ahead of me. Because I feel like that safe floor there, like, you have a shot, shot of getting a top six running back. But at worst, again, what is Chubb falling out to, like, RB 13, 14, like you're still getting a really good running back there for your RB two. Um, I would have definitely taken, um, uh, Oh, Oh, never mind. I see it's, it's going the other way. I was gonna say, I probably would have taken water over Metcalf, but he went before him. I don't love taking Jamison Williams with my second pick. Like I do think he's going to be good, but you're likely not getting him most of this season. Because of the injury, and even when he comes back, I, I'm very curious to see what he's actually going to look like. But overall, I really like that team for Loop, and I think that's a, a really good build. He just grabs uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire there, so I, I like that team overall. Let's let's go back and go in order here so we can touch on everybody's teams. Two pay wearer, Patrick Mahomes, Cooper Cup, Jalen Hurts, Austin Eckler, Devonta Smith, DeAndre Hopkins, Darren Waller, who we were just talking about, and then just grab Brandon Ayuk here. Uh, in the eighth round. Matt, what are your thoughts on that team so far? Yeah, I like Mahomes. Uh, was, you know, a great value because he falls to them there at four. Could, you know, in a lot of super flex leagues, you would probably see him go top three picks. Um, I like Cooper Cup. Jalen Hurts, an interesting um, choice with all the quarterbacks that were off the board. There weren't a, a ton left. He this is kind of a make, you know, we talked about that with my pick of two. It's kind of a make or break year. I would say the same is probably true for Jalen Hurts. We have gotten signs that the Eagles uh, say nice things about him, but maybe aren't completely committed to him. Be curious to see how that goes. Got that stack there with Devonta Smith. Maybe they take a, a step forward together. Hopkins feels like good value where he dropped um, there. Didn't have an exceptional season last year. They don't have a ton of other weapons right now in Arizona, so I'll be curious to see what that team does. Uh, and I like Ayuk. I think Waller was a good value there. Um, Austin Eckler, he's a little thin in running backs, so probably needs to try to hit that and hope for for some upside. But there's definitely some good high-scoring potential there. Yeah. I. It's crazy to see DeAndre Hopkins going in the sixth round. It's you know, I, I like I, I like the potential of what Hertz brings to the table, but I think you're looking at about a season and a half of availability before they start, you know, throwing somebody else in. But this year I could see him throwing for, you know, 32, 34, 3,500 yards and 18 touchdowns and rushing for 800 yards and 10 or 12 touchdowns this year. 
So I, I like the dual threat that he brings to the table there. Um, he, he would only take an Eckler so far. Uh, he's definitely going to have to stack up on some uh, zero RB targets in, in hopes that they, uh, they pan out for him. Yeah, uh, for sure. That that's I think the one thing maybe don't grab. In my opinion, again, it's it's hindsight twenty twenty, right? Like we, we see this now as we're looking at it. I probably pass on Devonta Smith there uh, and grab and double up running back if I can. Then you get Austin Eckler and somebody else because you you've got Cup. And then again, you don't know you're going to get Hopkins and IU coming back around later. But I, I think I probably would have grabbed my second running back at that point. Uh, let's see here. D Stewart is at sixteen eight. I don't know why I saw 16. Joe Burrow, Debo Samuel, Brees Hall, Joe Mixon, Drake London, Zach Wilson, Zeke Elliott, and now Chris Olave here. I I don't hate this team. I mean, Joe Burrow, you got a top probably five or six quarterback there. Zach Wilson, you know, if he bounces back and has a good season, you've got two decent quarterbacks. I like the pairing of Brees Hall and Joe Mixon. You got a young guy in Brees Hall you're probably going to have on your roster easily for four years. Joe Mixon, I think, easily got a year, probably year to three left of being at least a decent fantasy producer, maybe more. Uh, and then you've got Debo Samuel, who as long as he stays healthy, paired with two rookies right now and Drake London and Chris Olave. Um, then you got Zeke Elliott as your RB3. I mean, that's pretty good. Now you're you're betting a lot and hoping on Drake London and Chris Olave going to good spots and producing as rookies. I do think Drake London has a shot to be a really good producing fantasy asset. Olave, as much as I love him, I do think he's more of like a second guy in an offense. And he's that way. So with saying that, he's going to have to go to an offense that's going to use him a lot because I don't think he's going to get a lot of volume. I think London could, but still, Olave being your wide receiver three, that's not bad. I, I don't think this team is bad at all, at all. And I kind of like the way he built it again. Getting Zach Wilson that late definitely helped. Dennis, do you have any thoughts on D Stewart eight's team? Um, I, I like the way, well, I don't know that I would have taken Brees Hall as my first running back. I like Mixon and Elliott as mid-stage veterans. Mixon is probably a little closer to his peak. Zeke is heading towards the sunset. And then you got Hall coming in as a, a potentially a bona fide stud um, as the third running back. So I think he's got really solid three down running backs at various stages uh, along the bell curve there. Uh, Zach Wilson, I, I like uh, if if I'm uh, D Stewart eight, I'm probably I'm definitely trying to make sure I have a capable third quarterback just in case Wilson falters some. I, I love Burrow. I think he's going to be great. I have concerns about having my second and third wide receivers be Drake London and Chris Olave, though. I, I think that is going to be problematic because um, you're probably going to end up drafting guys later in the draft. You know, let's see. Let's take a look. You know, you may end up with guys like, you know, Brandon Cooks wouldn't be so bad. Uh, Adam Thielen, Michael Gallup. That's if you start drafting veteran wide receivers here in the next two or three rounds. DJ Chark, Christian, Christian Kirk. So if you're okay having those guys starting, potentially in 2023, London could be a stud and Olave could establish himself as that 
low end wide receiver two, mid wide receiver two in the right offense. I just feel like Olave is probably more of, he's probably closer to Deshaun Jackson, I think, than he is somebody like Hunter Renfro. He's got speed, he's got quickness, um, but he doesn't have any physicality to his game. And if he, he's going to have to get open or be thrown open downfield to be productive because I don't think uh, he'll he'll be great in the short area. Yeah, I was interested too that he went with uh, Burrow over Herbert. I think a lot of people have Herbert uh, a little bit higher, so be curious. And he just obviously got dropped his next pick, which is Calvin Ridley. Um, and that ends up being an auto pick. I think if he was drafting, he probably wouldn't have done that given where his wide receivers are at because what I would have said is kind of echoed Dennis. I think in the next couple rounds, it would benefit him getting a veteran quarterback and probably a veteran wide receiver or two that don't have maybe long windows but are going to be producers in 2022 because you have definitely hit the youth that you will have time to develop, but you want to be able to maintain a consistent floor in 2022. All right. So we already discussed Patty's team earlier. Um, so let's move on. Oh, we already discussed Lupin's as well. So let's talk T Krause three, who started off with Kyler Murray, went to Najee Harris, T Higgins, Malik Willis, Nick Chubb, Chris Godwin, Dallas Goddard, Darnell Mooney, and Marquise Hollywood Brown. Need the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, like Willis, you could be set at quarterback, but that's probably at least two years away. Because uh, I, I don't think Willis starts anytime soon. I know all the hype and smoke right now is that he's going to go two to Detroit. They're at least going to start golf this year. I, I don't see any way Willis plays this year. He's just he's he's raw, but he definitely has the tools and the skill and the skills to be one of the best quarterbacks. Obviously, I like the pairing of Najee Harris and Nick Chubb. Uh, both those guys, I think, like maybe you've got four years out of them. Uh, three. I don't know that either one of those guys, like I don't know that Najee's a guy who's going to get a second contract with Pittsburgh or somebody else and be a superstar like he was last year. Like he's a great volume back. He's very much like what I thought of Melvin Gordon earlier in his career. Like I don't know that Melvin Gordon was a great running back, but he got that volume. If Najee goes somewhere else, I don't know that he gets the volume. I definitely like his wide receivers though. I mean, Higgins, Godwin, Mooney, Brown, if Brown hits back to what he was at the beginning of the season when Lamar was healthy, I mean, that's a solid wide receiver core. And then you add in Dallas, Dallas Goddard, who should also be good for the Eagles. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he's definitely got to grab uh, another quarterback here. If any are even on the board, I'm about to be up. So, Matt, your thoughts here on T. Krause? Yeah, I thought the same thing. I would get try to get another veteran quarterback. Matt Ryan's still out there. Um, Wentz is still out there. There's There is a few – uh, veteran quarterbacks that probably, you know, that maybe you're not looking at having a long window, but would give you something. Goff actually is there. If you thought Malik Willis was going to go to Detroit, maybe you handcuff that so you're covered either way. Um, probably needs to get another running back. Uh, it's possible too with where Chris Godwin tore his ACL in December. I think it seemed like even with the signings that his own team was making, they weren't entirely sure he'd be ready at the start of the season. So probably a, a couple places to pick up, but I like the the top two running backs there. I like the diversity uh, of the receivers. Well, Matt Ryan's not there anymore. Uh, Maybe I shouldn't have mentioned it with Matt. <laughs> no, I was so, going to, 
I was debating between him and uh, Matt Corral, who's my top rated rookie quarterback. And because I have so many, I'm feel like you really going to have to hit to be a really good quarterback in, in this rookie class. Like I'm going to take this, the, in my opinion, solid floor of what Matt Ryan is going to be. And there goes Matt Corral right then uh, the solid floor of what Matt Ryan can be with Indy, but go ahead, Dennis. Yeah. I, I think, you know, my concern is that, you know, I I've never been a big Kyler Murray guy. So I feel like by the time Willis is ready, Murray's going to be struggling to get signed to a new team because I don't know that Arizona extends him uh, and keeps him around, but I could be wrong. Now I, I get the whole Najee Harris is a volume back, but you know what? He gets volume. So for the next three years, Najee Harris is going to get volume provided he doesn't get injured. I took Najee Harris as running back three in a standard league in the first round. Um, and I, I, cause I feel like he's a shoe in for 300. He's going to be one of maybe three, possibly four running backs to get 300 carries. And he might still, I don't think he's going to get the number of targets he got last year with Trubisky at the helm. But I do think the offensive line is going to be better, um, and that's going to create a little more space for him to operate. And I still think he's probably because they used one running back primarily. He's probably still good for 60, 65, maybe 70 targets. He's not going to get 90 or whatever he got last year. Um, but I still think he's going to get a lot of volume. So I I love the Najee Harris. Honestly, I wish Nick Chubb could get Najee Harris volume. Because Nick Chubb would make Najee Harris look pedestrian if Nick Chubb got Najee Harris volume. He's he's that good. Uh, I like Goddard. I I, I do like the um, wide receiver core that he's building. Uh, with the start three running backs, though, you know he is uh, he does need to start to build out that running back group. You know I like Al- Allen Robinson is a nice pick. I considered taking Robinson when I took James Conner. So overall, I, I, the team's biggest weakness is qu- quarterback. I do, do I think Murray can be a um, QB1 this year? Yeah, I've, I actually have him ranked up there. But I don't know how long he's going to be able to last. Yeah, I th- you know, that, what you said, I echo what you said about Najee. That's what I said in three years. I don't think, you know, Najee and Nick are not going to be good for him just because of that. Like, I don't know Najee gets that second contract. Right now, he's... He's solid uh, again. He and taking a Robinson is great. It helps build out that flex spot. But again, I think I probably would have gone quarterback there just to make sure. Cause then you get Matt Corral, you got Matt Ryan, Desmond Ritter and Davis Mills all come off the clock after he took Hollywood Brown. Like his quarterbacks are really getting down to the nitty gritty. Now, like if you don't grab somebody, you're not going to have a super flex starter. Fiegel is next. Uh, started off with a very good quarterback pairing in Lamar Jackson and Trey Lance. I actually debated between Trey Lance and Drew, Wat- Drew Watson, Deshaun Watson, but Browns fan, I like to, you know, I'm not going to root for Deshaun Watson as a person, but the Browns team, I wanted to have a, a Browns player on my team, so I went ahead and took Deshaun Watson there. Then goes Traylon Burks, Deontay Johnson, Travis Etienne, Elijah Mitchell, Isaiah Spiller, Jerry Judy, George Pickens, Matt Corral. I don't mind this team. I'm not taking Traylon Burks there. He's got upside, but much like we just talked about with Malik Wills, he's very raw. 
Outside of that, I, I like what he's done. I mean, he hit three running backs, all who have upside, and Isaiah Spiller, Elijah Mitchell, Travis Etienne, um, and then Jerry Judy, who I think is a solid wide receiver, two wide receiver, three. I like George Pickens as well. Deontay Johnson is is really your one, in my opinion, on this team, and I just think you're betting a lot on Burks and Pickens, who there's still a lot of questions about. Like, I, I Burks is my wide receiver, too, in this class, so it's not that I don't like him. He's an alpha, but he also has to go to the right offense, in my opinion, to help develop him and get to that alpha stage. So I'm a little worried about that. Like, I think his quarterbacks are so- beyond solid. That's the best part of his team. I think his running backs are good, but the wide receivers are a little light there. Probably would have gone a different route over Traylon Burks. Matt, your thoughts here on Thiegel's team? Yeah, I guess, you know, these are personal preference. I, I like Deontay Johnson. I have him as a wide receiver one. I think Jerry Judy, like you said, probably could be a wide receiver two. Um, Jackson, you know, I, I think that was a decent. I would have taken Jackson over uh Kyler Murray. So I thought that was good value. I'm not a big believer in Trey Lance. I also am not a big believer that Trey Lance is going to be the starter this year. Um, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. I think Jimmy G stays and that it's not a lock that Trey Lance plays. Um, you know, he hasn't grabbed a tight end yet, so we'll see. Uh, Matt Corral, you'd have to see where he ends up landing. Probably the same for Burks and Pickens, but they're some younger assets. My bigger question would probably be running backs because we don't know what Travis Etienne is going to be, what he's going to be in the system, how healthy he is, what share he's going to get. We literally saw nothing from him in his rookie year. I guess it would depend on how high you had him ranked going into the draft last year. I liked what we got from Elijah Mitchell, but there's another team that has a propensity towards using multiple backs and Isaiah Spiller again, yeah, we've seen him slide a little bit in people's rankings going to the draft. We just don't know where, he's going to end up. There aren't a lot of great clear path for touches for these running backs that are coming off in this draft right now. Yeah. I, I love Traylon Burks. Uh, I wouldn't take him in the third round of a startup. Um, Isaiah Spiller, you know, he, to me, he became landing spot dependent when you started to match up his tape with his, uh, athletic measurables, you know, he's kind of upright, doesn't have the power you'd like to see from a big guy, doesn't quite have the speed that you'd hope. Um, Mitchell Mitchell and ETN could be total wild cards. You know, they could go ahead and, and stick with Mitchell. They could uh, run 10 different running backs out there in San Francisco. And, and, you know, Peterson has used multiple backs a lot too. I, I have concerns that ETN is going to get the volume that we want. It looks like, it, it kind of looks like a productive struggle build where he went with a, a lot of young players uh, and, and a couple pieces, Lamar Jackson, Deontay Johnson. Uh, but a lot of the other guys are younger, Corral, Pickens, Judy, Spiller, ETN, Burks, Lance. I don't know. It's I don't feel like this team is going to compete in twenty one, but in twenty two or twenty three, it could be become a juggernaut. Well, we're in twenty two. It's not going to compete in twenty two. <laughs> in twenty three or twenty four, it could become a juggernaut. 
And of course, Kraus goes and gets Tom Brady, which I think makes us think yeah. very differently about him having Willis as QB2. Yeah, that definitely helps having Tom Brady as your QB2. So Goose season uh, next. We've got two teams we're going to break down before we get out of here. Uh, he goes Dak Prescott, A.J. Brown, Justin Fields, Stephon Diggs, Elijah Moore, Michael Pittman, A.J. Dillon, Ryan Tannehill, Rashad White, Mike Williams. And he's currently on the clock. Um Obviously, I love being able to get Dak Prescott and Justin Fields, especially if Fields is able to turn into what I expect him to. I don't know that I take AJ Brown there. Like I, I'd rather have had Lamb or Cup, probably even Samuel. Like I, I, AJ Brown's good, but not the third wide receiver off the board. Good in my opinion. I also probably would have gone a running back there. Uh, running back by far his biggest weakness. I don't think he has a realistic starter. Like AJ Dillon's good, but he's not a starter. Matt, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I mean, hundred percent. I think his quarterbacks are going along well. I love the wide receiver depth; it gives him a lot of options at the flex. But running back is going to be a problem. Something he needs to really hammer here at the end and get some luck. Yeah, I love AJ Dillon as my RB two in a start two running backs where I can back him up with somebody and kind of play matchup, see how it goes. Uh, because I, I, I do think Dylan is going to, it is going to be more of an even split in green Bay this year. So Dylan is going to get a good amount of work. Uh, I don't think he breaks a thousand yards rushing and, you know, he's not going to get near the passing volume that, uh, Aaron Jones does. Uh, I, I like backing up fields with Ryan Tannehill, uh, but I agree that AJ Brown uh, as the third running back off the board, it almost feels like this might be a, a cat who's a Tennessee fan, Mr. Goose season here. Um, but I, I, I struggle. My struggle with AJ Brown is that I don't think he's going to get the volume needed to support being wide receiver three. Yeah, so that puts. Yeah, I mean, it's a great value on Pittman. I think, again, it's easy to say what we're saying now because we have the hindsight of now 12 or 11, 12 rounds in where you can say, oh, well, hey, you were able to get Elijah Moore, Michael Pittman, Michael Williams later, probably should have grabbed a running back earlier. You don't know that when you're on the board. So, um, Joseph Pellegrino is the last guy that we will talk about here today. And I will post a poll of our teams through 12 rounds, you guys can vote who you think did the best out of the three of us. Um, this is that we talked a little bit about him earlier because he did not go quarterback early, went heavy on the tight end. Now it is tight end premium. You got Kyle pitch, Javante Williams, Derek Henry, Tyree kill, George Kittle, Josh Jacobs, Sam, Howell, Mike Evans, Desmond Ritter, Christian Watson. He's currently on the clock. I love what he was able to do at tight end and running back. I mean, Javante Williams, Derek Henry, I don't. I think Derrick Henry is the kind of running back, and once he falls off, he's going to just fall off a cliff. But I don't think that happens this year. Probably even next year. Love Javante Williams. He's going to be. He's solid for Denver, right? But then, so he takes Jameis Winston here, which is good. What's that other quarterback, Matt Daniel Jones? Okay, so now he's Daniel got two Jones. starters. So that helps. That helps kind of spill out his team a little bit more here. So Jameis Winston and Daniel Jones were his next two. Because my point was going to be, I don't think Sam House starts at all this year. Ritter is the only one I think who who could probably start based on where he gets drafted. Now he's got two stars in Jameis Winston, Daniel Jones. But I think this goes back to the uh, what I was talking about earlier with um, it, I believe it was Dustin is a jerk. Where not Dustin is a jerk, someone else. I don't remember. Maybe it was was Patty 
you don't have a high-end quarterback. So I feel like regardless of how good your running backs are and your wide receivers, I like having Mike Evans and, and Tyree Kill as your top two, your quarterbacks are not going to be good enough, I think, for you to compete, even with the tight end premium side of having George Kittle and Kyle Pitts in your lineup every single week. Uh, love the the core you have, though, is your running backs and wide receivers, but that, that quarterback is, is going to be, I think, his biggest weakness, even though he just got Winston and Daniel Jones. Yeah, it's I, – I don't even know – like, I'm not sold that Henry's value lasts past this year. You know, he's six foot three, 250 pounds. He had a foot injury. Um, and foot injuries are more detrimental to, to bigger players, bigger backs. And so now I have concerns about re-injury, things like that. I'm no medical expert by any stretch of the imagination, um, but I, I, I'm shying away from Henry uh, pretty much. Josh Jacobs I like, Javante Williams I like. I think uh, the potential is there. It, it could provide opportunity. Uh, even with the young, two young quarterbacks, some of these players he's got may provide an opportunity for him to trade for – a QB one to get somebody that, you know, so if somebody else kind of starts thinking a little bit, you know, I'm probably not going to trade Josh Allen unless I get a haul. Um, but I may, I may consider trading Trevor Lawrence if he's around the QB 12 um, because he he's not that much younger than Josh Allen. And I feel like Josh Allen is clearly the better quarterback. Uh, so if, if it's a situation where I'm looking for an asset to sort of build up my team, I might be able, I might be willing to take on Sam Howell because I, I like Howell, or I might, I might go for a Christian Watson and uh, a pick or two to to move for one of these young, uh, one of my starting quarterbacks. Um, Jones and Winston, they're total wild cards. I believe more in Winston than I do Jones. Yeah, you know, it's in some ways it seemed like the quintessential person who in the startup decides to go for youth aiming more, you know, two or three years down the line. But then you see picks like Henry, even a, a Tyree Kill, Mike Evans are kind of more, I would say, win now guys. His strategy, if he ends up, if Tom Brady ends up falling and he gets Tom Brady where he had Jameis Winston, I think we feel completely different about his team. It's just the luck of the draw that you kind of played roulette and end up with Winston and Jones. So you probably have two week one starting quarterbacks and you have a couple young guys that you hope are going to hit. Um, that's definitely going to be a weak spot and you absolutely nailed it in Superflex. Usually it doesn't matter how good the rest of your positions are. If you don't have that high producing quarterback, you probably aren't, aren't in there, but you know, maybe, maybe he gets a high pick next year and adds another high uh, quarterback pick out of the 2023 class to, to those guys. And you end up being off to the races in 23, 24, 25. 
All right, so we'll discuss this a little bit more maybe next Friday as that will be wrapped up hopefully by then. Um, and again, I'll post what our teams look like through 12 rounds. You guys can vote. Tell us uh, who you think has the better team. Dennis, before we get out of here, you wanted to tell everybody a little bit about the Tailgate Fan Club. Yeah, it's a, it's a new project, project that I'm involved with, the Tailgate Fan Club. You can go follow them at Tailgate Fan Club on Twitter. The NFTs with utility to fantasy football and real-life football experiences. The Tailgate Fan Club NFTs are coming in June, where NFTs and fantasy football collide, win prizes like game tickets, weekly fantasy football cash prizes, and they're donating 5% of their sales to St. Jude's Hospital. So have fun and do good. And right now, if you go follow the Tailgate Fan Club, at Tailgate Fan Club, uh, on Twitter and DM them, you'll get an opportunity to get into a best ball draft, $10 value. You'll get a free entry into it with $100 going to first prize. So go follow them at Tailgate Fan Club. Yeah, that is that is definitely awesome, especially the donating to St. Jude's part. So for those of you, again, who may have missed it last week, and I mentioned it in passing here during the draft, we will have Eric Moody from ESPN on with us Monday. I'll make sure to have that uh, show scheduled way ahead of time so that you guys can see the link on that and know exactly when we are going live. Outside of that, everybody have a good weekend, and we will talk to you guys again on Monday. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly! Only tackle him in the corner. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. I can.